Hello and welcome to the Swearing In Podcast. I am your host, Marty Smith. Today is a special episode of the podcast. Yesterday, on October 28th, we lost a brother in service. Army Sergeant Joe Guanyo passed away in the hospital at 75 years old. Joe was born in 1947. He attended Most Holy Trinity High School in Brooklyn, New York. In 1964, he swore into the Army at just 17 years old, and his MOS was 11 Bravo Infantry. He did his basic training and AIT at Fort Gordon, Georgia. His first assignment was to Fort Wainwright, Alaska, as part of the 4th Battalion, 9th Infantry Division. Later in the year, his unit was transferred to Hawaii and became part of the 25th Infantry Division. After jungle training at Schofield Barracks, he was sent to Vietnam in 1966. Joe became a tunnel rat and instructor on the M60 machine gun. He was wounded towards the end of his tour, but successfully completed his 12 months of wartime service. After being flown back to the States, Sergeant Guanyo exited the military in 1968. He earned a Bronze Star, Purple Heart, and Combat Infantryman's Badge. Sergeant Guanyo's interview was originally aired in February 2021. I have edited the original version and presented to you today in honor of Joe. Now let's get on with his interview. All right, today I'm sitting here with Joe Guagno, uh, former E4, E5, possibly E6. E5. E5 for 11 Bravo out of the United States Army, and he is a Vietnam combat veteran. Thanks for taking the time, Joe. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Because you joined at 17, right? Yeah. Yeah. In what year? 63? 64. 64. Where were you growing up? Where'd you go to high school? Oh, I went to um, high school in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Most Holy Trinity was my high school. Was it a Catholic school? Yes. Oh, a um, strict, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it is to be beat up. <laughs> all guys, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was all separated yeah. back then. Yeah. Academic. Did you have a? Did they have, uh, a, like a sister school, a female school that Mm-mm. was in conjunction? No. No. Did they no. have all? They had all female high schools, all right? Oh yeah, they did. But you know. We have to invade them to get the ladies. <laughs> That's what the dance. I'd learn that for, later. Right? Never escape an invasion. Um, <laughs> Very good. But um, yeah, I got out and had enough, and did not want to go to college right away. Didn't know what I wanted to be, if anything, um, and joined the military. So anyway, I did my basic in AIT in Fort Gordon, Georgia. Um, they put me in the infantry, of course. What was basic back then? Was it six weeks? Six weeks. Um, AIT was and, three? And AIT for me was six weeks also. Oh, it was six? Yeah. Yeah. So I did all my training. And then I got my orders <laughs> for uh, Fort Wainwright <laughs> in Fairbanks, Alaska. Yeah, that makes sense. We talked about that before. And Send I Send 11 Bravo up to there to snow. I said, what is this? And I, I wanted to cry. I wanted to die. I didn't, you know, I wanted to go AWOL. So what the hell am I going to do in Alaska? So I got up there and it was really, really depressing. Was there a bunch of you who went yeah. from your AIT class? Yeah. And, um, oh, you know, we were like, you know, it's dark. It's, you know, middle of the day. It's dark out. It's cold. It's right. frigid. Oh, right. man. Right. And, and there was a captain that greeted us. 
And we were all silent. And he was trying to, like, make light of everything. And, and he said, guys, loosen up. He says, um, the duty here is not that bad. Huh? So, all right, we'll see. Turns out that I loved Alaska. Really? And I loved the duty there. Oh, no kidding. I did. I really did. In the winter, we played our winter war games and, and uh, you know, scenario of uh, a war with Russia. Oh, yeah. In the Air Force, yeah. planes in the air and taking over the bases and, um, you know, putting our, our mark in the, on the Bering Sea, Bering Strait. This was 64. Yeah. Okay. And so we did that a few times a year, you know, simulated war. You draw a weapon, draw ammo, oh. atropine, serrets, gas masks, I mean, all... Get all your bit. vapor barrier stuff yeah. and all your yeah. winter... Oh, yeah. Then right around the holidays, they stopped everybody's passes. They pulled everybody's leaves and, and so on and ordered us all back to our respective companies. Huh. And we could only imagine what for. And it turned out that we were being ordered to be uh, ordered to um, Hawaii for our jungle training as a follow-on into but they did tell us Vietnam right really? away because we weren't allowed to tell anyone what the, before we get to there what division were you part of when you went up to Alaska I was the fourth of the ninth um, fourth battalion ninth, ninth infantry. infantry and they're down they're at uh, Fort Lewis now yes because when we left Alaska uh-huh. They put us on a troop train from Fairbanks down to a, uh, Anchorage. Uh, jumped on a, a military transport uh, uh. ship, um, the Eltinge, and stopped it in uh, Washington. Yeah, where the guys from Fort Lewis and they were the Wolfhounds got on a ship with us, and we all went over together. Oh, okay. Um, you know, did you get reflagged? When did you get reflagged as the twenty fifth in Hawaii? Okay, so once you got there, they took all your patches away and said, "Put the electric strawberry on," and here yep, you go. Yep. Huh. But we wore you wore your combat patch on your right, right. shoulder, right. and whatever your old unit was was on your left yes. shoulder. Um, so that's how you could tell who came from where. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in Hawaii. Our training was really, was really extensive and, and, and really tough. Very tough. Up in the Kahukus. That orange dirt. Yeah, yeah. Red dirt. <laughs> and, you know, it was, you know, escape and evasion. And, and um, it, was, it was just really tough. I mean, we, river crossings, you know, uh, the slide for life, scaling hills and repelling yeah. hills. and With all your equipment. Yes, with all your equipment. And in fact, our company commander was an airborne ranger, Captain Howley. He um, went to Washington, well, he wrote to Washington and said, our unit should become rangers. The only thing that we had not done was jumped out of a plane, okay? And, and if, they wanted us, if they wanted us to do that to become rangers, we were willing to do it. Sure. And they said no. The rangers... Uh, of course they did. Of course they did. So we weren't allowed to wear a beret. Because you didn't go to Dahlonega. Because you didn't go to the formal school. Yep. Uh, yep. So that was a bummer. But at any rate, I knew I was as good as they were. Did you ever jump? No, never did. Did you air assault? Did you uh, repel? 
Oh, yeah. From, I mean, out of the helicopter? Out of, out of choppers, yeah, sure. Did you get those wings? No. The only ones who got those wings were um, First Cav. <laughs> the only ones authorized. Even we were light infantry. Even more those. reason to hate those guys. Right? And they got them. And in the Nam. Okay, I'm going to throw a fact at you. Yes, I want those. Okay. Yes. We had the most casualties of any unit in Vietnam. As a division or as your... As, as, a, as a division. And we were in all of... Or most, we were in most of the campaigns. Hmm. Um, and had most of the battle streamers. Really? Yes. Um, but well, the big red... But the first capital ones who gets the wings... When I pointed out my belt buckle to you, um, the only ones in the military, any yeah, any branch of the is, military, that is fantastic. authorized, and, and those were issued to us, authorized to wear that belt, belt, excuse me, belt buckle. That is brilliant. So, you go from uh, the land of the eternal day and freezing temperatures into the Kahukus. When I left, through it was everything sixty you below zero in the Uke, and. 85 maybe in Hawaii. Go back to go back to Alaska before we we jump into the Hawaii thing. Why did you, what was the duty there? Why did you love it? Why did you come to like it? Um the enormity, the the beauty of it. I've um, heard that from other people. I've never been there myself, but I've heard some people it's it's kind of awestruck when you see forever walk in in the bush. You had to have a 44 on your hip. Because it was wild. Yeah. You know, yeah. bear and, and, I mean, we were on moose trails. Wow. And you don't realize how big a moose is, okay? Sure. Until one almost, blow, you know, blows you over. Um, you hear it coming, broop, 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 you know, Rocky, it comes Bullwinkle, right? And you jump off that trail. Really? Because your head is about equal with the lower part of his chest. Unbelievable. That's how big they They're are. They're much taller than a horse, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. These are like 1,500, 1,600-pound animals. Holy shit. Okay? And, and they don't play. Yeah. Anyway, it, that, and that showed the wildness of the place, which yeah. I really got into. I learned how to ski, and part of the duty there, because you had a ski parade, you had to be able to ski, cross-country ski. That's not easy. With uh, full gear, that full combat really gear. really not easy. Not easy. Did you hunt fish? You had to be a resident. For, you had to be there for a year. Oh, or else you couldn't get the... Uh, or you couldn't do it. And that's too bad. My, when I approached my year yeah. is when we, they pulled us out and, <laughs> and sent us to Hawaii <laughs> for like almost three months, I think. Two and a half months for our jungle training. Yeah, yeah. And then on another ship to, to the Nam. But Alaska was... It was really super great duty. The barracks were old Air Force barracks. Okay. So they weren't the typical army. Yeah. Open bay. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I was, um, I'm 84 as soon as I got there, which was, uh, I got my, my strike prematurely. Uh, I was a squad leader in AIT. What do you AIT. mean prematurely? Um, well, you know. I, I mean, like, what, what do they call that? Uh, below the zone now? Or I, I think that's what they call it. I, I You got promoted early. I did. I got promoted early. Um in, in AIT, I was, you know, the uh, you were the armband oh, yeah, acting right, corporal. Right. right. Um, so, yeah, so I, I made... Uh, 
That's when you make other people polish the floor. Exactly. <laughs> so I made E4, so I had my own cubicle. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. I didn't, you know, it wasn't an open bay for me. Basically, I'm a fire team leader. Yeah. So I've got, got three, five, four guys. I've oh, got five, five guys. guys. Okay. A total of five. Yeah. A total of five guys. Um, and, and they were on my side of the barrack. The other side of the barrack was another person's. And then you all fell under an E5. An E5. Yeah. Right. So. Um, who fell under an E6. Right. And then the company commander. Right. Sometimes you had an E7. Did you ever want to be a platoon sergeant? Did you ever, did no. you ever see it? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. The politics were... Oh, really? The politics, even really? back then, were like a bit much for me. Like, because I was kind of like... I yeah. did not like authority. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I could deal see, with it. An Italian from Brooklyn who doesn't like authority? <laughs> How rare is that? <laughs> and, and, and it was... Um, you know, if you give me an order and it sounds kosher, yeah, no problem. But you give me one where, you know, what the hell are you talking about, man? Yeah. Okay, because some of the pieces, the caliber of some of the E5s and E6s were a joke. Of course. Of course. And, and we shook them out when we were transferring or, or being shipped from Alaska to Hawaii. Yeah. How many of them sort of early outs? How many of them wanted to be transferred? Okay, they were on Sam's dime, okay, for the peacetime army and the benefits. But when the shit hit the fan. Yeah, it was like they were, you know, heading for the hills. Yeah. So you lost which respect for them right away. Right, which is good. Yes. Well, which is good. I had one E5 who hated me. This is when I got busted down. No, he was an E6. Excuse me. Wait, wait, so, what happened? What do you mean you get when you got busted down? Well, I, I tell you, I was AWOL. Oh, you mean towards the end? Okay, yeah. okay. So now this is in the novel. That same damn E5. He was, he was, it was an E6. I won't give his name, but he was um, a Southern no. gentleman with, uh, I think, the education. He probably had an IQ of about sixty. Um, <laughs> in one particular firefight, he's with his machine gunner, assistant gunner, and automatic rifleman. It was, on, it was a squad, let's say. Yeah. Or a fire team, rather. A fire team. And he would not allow the M60 to open up because he didn't want to give away their position. It's too late by that we time. We walked into an ambush. Huh. And he did not want to give away his position. Oh, my God. Okay? Chicken shit. Okay? He fell into barbed wire and wanted a purple heart for it. So I guess it didn't shake out all those guys. That's right? my boss up there. Okay? It's a picture of Jesus. Yes. So if I'm lying to you, he'll strike me dead. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So if, I, if I'm dealing with intelligence, I will, I will treat you with respect. Sure. And I'll honor your requests. If you make a re- give me an order to do something that is not right, you know, it goes against my oath. Right. Okay. I'm not having it. Yeah. You tell me to lie about this, or I was ordered to take out a husband and wife. Oh. Um, they had been shot up. The wife's, the wife's jaw was shot out, and the oh. husband's stomach his was shot out. They were going to die. I was ordered to, to finish them off. Mercy, basically. And I said, I will not do it. I'm giving you an order. I don't care what you're giving me. Yeah. 
I'm not doing it. Yeah. You do it. Yeah. I walked away from it. Oh, my God. I told you I was clean. <clears throat> That's a rarity. Or it seems like it's a rarity. Actually, it's probably not a rarity. But my, the guys I hung with were respectful. And we watched each other and kept each other in check. So you're back in Hawaii. And then, uh, I mean, you guys know you were going? Yes. And, but at that we time... We knew in Alaska that we were going. But at that time, the war wasn't that big, right? So you didn't... When you joined, you didn't think, oh, I may Never have heard to go enough. over to Vietnam. Never heard of that. Because at, at early 60s, there was no press on it. No. There was no nothing. Right? Hell, you're just coming off of... You had advisors there. You're just coming off of Kennedy's assassination, right? So you were in high school when Kennedy yes. got assassinated. Mm-hmm. How, how did that hit you? Was it... I mean, the assassination, it it, um, it did hit me because I've always had a political nature. And, and I saw Kennedy as one of the rare presidents who seemed honest on the surface. Huh. And was leading us, I felt, in the proper direction. Right? And you don't have that much news. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, anything I knew was on the surface. Yeah. Channel 7, ABC, CBS, yeah, you know, right, whatever. right, right. But it still stopped you in your tracks, and you're like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. yeah. It was like, because I'm a patriot, You, s- whoever did it, I didn't know really who did it. Yeah. Okay, they said, you, this guy did it. Well, whatever. That's what you say. I don't right. I don't necessarily believe it. But um, Especially now. to me, it was like a slap in the face when you do something against my country. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And, and I take it personally. Very personally. Sure. Like, right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm dying, um, but if they came down my street, okay, the bad boys came down my street, or or um, guys in the blue helmets, okay, <laughs> right. they come down right. my street, I'm gonna open fire. I'll go out fighting because I don't have that fear anymore. What could frighten me? You can't frighten me anymore. Yeah. And that's not because I'm this brave person. But I've been frightened with my life for 365 days. Wow. So you're there. When did, uh, do you remember when uh, they said like debarkation date or anything like that? Um, they gave us an approximate time, yeah. a, a date. And, but again, they weren't sure like what ship was going to be available oh, to right. us. Right. Um, and, and that would determine, you know, so it could have been a week or two weeks yeah. in the difference. But we knew, you know, within, we knew within a two or three week period when we would be going. So they had you all build it up at Schofield, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, in Schofield Barracks. Um, nice Did you place. ever get down to uh, see Honolulu or Waikiki? Oh, hell yeah. Did they ever give you time off? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you were off every day after work. Oh, okay. They, they gave us that latitude. Okay. Yeah, every day after work. It's not a it's not a quick drive down that goddamn highway, but well, uh, we'd get right on the on the bus, take us right into Honolulu, yeah, right. uh, um, Hotel Street. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, for those of you listening who don't know Hotel Street, don't look up Hotel Street. I tell you. Well, yeah, I had a lot of fun there, you know, and and uh, I was too young to drink. You know, did so they I, still have? Did they have a yeah a drinking age? Back I was then? I was too young to drink and huh. too young to vote. Believe that or not? Could you drink on base? No. Oh really? I tried to buy beer, and they carded me huh. on base. 
and they made me put the beer I back. I thought back then it was all 18, and it, it didn't really care. Wow. States. It went by the yeah, state. Yeah. We're talking about 19, like 1965, 1966. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was crazy. I mean, again, I wasn't, I was not allowed, I was too young to vote and too young to drink. <laughs> when I made it home, People want, yeah, come on, I'm going to buy you a drink. I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, right. Know, I'm too young. Right. What do you mean you're too young? You just spent three years in the service. Yeah, I'm too young to drink. Oh, Jesus. Wasn't too young to carry a gun or kill. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you got you had some drinks in Vietnam, I suppose. That was one good thing to go over there. It, it was um, Article 15 offense. Really? You wow. see, this is the part of Nam people don't know about. You see it on TV, and they're after you know the, the guys uh, are wearing civvies or whatever, and they're in some downtown ville, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they're with girls and drinking alcohol and having a, a good time. I don't know that Vietnam. I know Coochie, Vietnam, yeah. which was um, um, the, the the ville itself was um, an enemy ville. Yeah. Okay. That's the Vietnam I know. No drinking. If you got caught with alcohol, with uh, hard liquor, yeah, Article Fifteen offense. Sure. If um, they gave us three point two beer, and we got that maybe every three weeks to a month. Yeah. Okay. If that, if you got caught with anything, any contraband, you you were in deep huh. crap. Yeah, that doesn't. And that's get no to, no bullshit. You know, a lot of those has a lot of that history has been so whitewashed by movies and all that other stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I think Oliver Stone's Platoon is is a good movie. That was my unit, right? Twenty fifth. But it's a good movie. But I think there's parts of it there that people try to say, "Oh, that was happening in every unit." Right. They were all getting high. They were but all. That was all high. Hollywood too. Exactly, and I'm glad you you said that. I'm and I I that. did I got high once. I got high once in the Nam one time. Yeah. Grass. And um, I was so paranoid. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and I swore I would never do it again. And until I sobered up or straightened out, I, I probably walked the same area a hundred oh, times. Yeah. Did you? Getting know? myself right. Because <laughs> I was so paranoid. I said, they're going to hit us now. Sure. I'm, I'm high and they're going to hit us and, oh. and I'm screwed and right. oh my God. Okay, and it straightened me right out. <laughs> Never did it again. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Because uh, that's part of the, uh, and that's one of the reasons I want to, I want to talk with you. You know, is to get some of those um, stereotypes out. You have heads here in the world. They were heads. They were heads in yeah. Nam, and they were heads here yeah. in the world, and they were heads before they went into the military. You know, they got drafted back in those days. Right. So Sam didn't ask, "Are you an alcoholic? Are you a druggie?" He didn't much care. I need your body. To go to Nam. Well, that's where all those damn cadences came from, right? Go that's to war right. or go to jail, right? That's right. And that was the option. Yes, yeah. Could you tell? Could you tell right away uh, the guys who were drafted versus the guys who went and signed up on their own? Yes. And now I'm going to go to the end of the story. Okay. I had six months left when I got out of Nam. They wanted me to extend. My CO wanted me to extend. He said, "Look," he says. You have a profile. We can't send you out anymore. Were they going to give you? Were they going to give you a bonus if you extend? Yeah, they were going to give me a bonus. Yeah, and they were going to um, 
um, make me the bartender at the officers club. Oh, you're kidding. Right? And I looked at him. It's Captain Torciano, an Italian boy from Brooklyn. Yeah. He says, yeah. He says, you know, I'll take care of you. Don't worry about it. And I says, no, man. I said, I'm out of here. I said, I can't, I can't do this. So at any rate, when I got... How long did they want you to extend for? Four months. Oh, okay. That seems an odd time. Um, but, you know, we used to get mortared all the time because of where we were. Yeah. So here's Coochie, Mekong River, here's Cambodia. Yeah, you're right. Russian artillery, boom, right? boom, yeah. all the time. Huh. Constant. Why would you want to go through four more months? Exactly. <laughs> Even because four they drinks. Can, they can kill a cook or a medic as, as easily as they can kill a Probably bartender or, 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 yeah. Yeah, or, you know, an 11 Bravo. Yeah, yeah. You know, so now I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Huh. So at any rate, send me to California, to Fort Ord. Okay. Monterey. Yeah, yeah. And um, talk about all the hippie dippies there. That was during the Monterey Pop Festival. That when was it first the granddaddy. Started. That was the granddaddy of all. Is this what? This is when you got back. When I got back. Okay. Okay. And so I'm in Fort Ord, and they had us separated, veterans, on this side, and short timers on this side, and all the recruits on that side. Okay. And we would see them marching, and you know whatever. And they'd all have peace signs on their helmets and really? giving us the finger like F you, you you um baby killers, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. suckers, you know, but you know. And we had brawls. I mean really? real brawls. Yeah. And they were looking to kick the crap out of us and we were looking to kill them. Yeah. See, that's the difference. Yeah. Combat, non combat. You want a street fight? We'll give you the street fight, but we're gonna take it a little further than that. Because the only way you're not going to come back at me is I put you down permanently. Well, how many hippies knew how to fight, right? I, bet I, was, I know there was a lot of them. It <laughs> was. It was a, it was a bad scene. But yeah. that was, they were GIs. And I'm, we used to look at ourselves and say, you know, like we didn't believe in the war, okay, but we believed in each other. Yeah. Well, going back, was it when you first got there, March or May of 66? Um, it was March... March or April. Okay. Of 66. And so you're part of the 25th Infantry Division. You're, were you in? We were the 25th when we got there. Sorry. We were it. And you were in three corps? It was, a, was it called corps? Yeah. So you were in the three corps area, which is Saigon um, and, and that area. Iron Triangle. Um, what was the Hobo Woods? Did, or Bobo Woods? What was it? What was it Hobo called? Woods. Hobo Woods. Lobo Woods. Yeah. Uh, Boiloy. Um, and Michelin rubber tree plantations. Yeah, that that, that old rubber plant, right? Yeah. God, yeah. that's fantastic. That's all in the documentary. Well, yeah. You were putting foot on the ground right where they were talking about. Unbelievable. Yep. Now, what was it? Uh, what was the story you told me? How uh, we we you said you had your group of Italians, right? That you hung out with, or the captain designated you. Uh, oh, the little rascals! The little rascals. That's right. <laughs> were they were they all guys that uh, were from Brooklyn the or northeast, from the neighborhood? The northeast, or just in general, they were all yeah. from the northeast. From, from the northeast, from um, um, a couple from uh, from the Midwest, only a couple, and then a bunch from California. Um, but we were all real hip. <laughs> you know, okay. we, we weren't farm boys with corn cobs sticking out of our ears. You know, <laughs> we, you know, we're hip dudes. Um, uh, you know, talking a lot of shit. Yeah, 
and watched out for one another. You know, we, so we kind of like gelled. Sure. See, and the difference again between, let's say, World War II and Korea is you had a line. Okay, here's the good guys, here's the bad guys, right? Yeah, yeah. So today, guys, we're going to fight, and we're up to this line here. So this is our territory. Right. Tomorrow we're going to fight, and we're going to go this further. Yeah. This is our territory. In the Nam, today you're going to fight here. And depending on how long the battle lasts, a day, two days, a week, whatever it is, you know, pick up your dead, mop up the dead, whatever. Um, get in your chopper. And let's go over here and fight. It, it was now, never about three weeks later. Back. Let's go back over here because they built up again. Right. So you started to ask yourself, "Well, what, what are you kidding me or what?" It was never really about. Then we're about the ground, turf, right? Never. It's crazy. It was make believe. Get the turf. Get the turf for a time. Yes. Right. Almost everything we, almost every big battle over there that we fought. We abandoned it. Yeah, I was I was watching that documentary about Kaysan. That was almost three months. Well, I was just going to bring up the Marines. The Marines had a couple of I forget how maybe three bases up that way mm-hmm. near the DMZ. At any rate, the Marines held. Here's their base camp. Here's the DMZ. Okay. So they're on a DMZ. They're in their base camp. Here's a DMZ. So they do their patrols around their base camp, you know, for recon and, and so on. But they don't go out on any real big missions. They are homebodies. Is that because they wanted to stay around those fire bases? Yes. Because they were all sprinkled up there in the yeah. north, right? Um, we, on the other hand, the infantry, had to go from over here to over here. Or Marines say there's a buildup. Okay, we'll go check it out. Okay, so that was what we did. While the Marines the, stayed there. <laughs> I, not taking anything away no, from no, them. No, because I know. It was a different their asses yeah. were on the line. Yeah. Um, well, they didn't really constantly get assaulted until the big assault. Sure. And sure. and the, where the... Where, where the, their fire base or where their base camp was was a piss poor location really I don't know who the hell ever fucking thought of that in any battle you want the high ground it's imperative of course okay I can take and this is proven time and time again we could go out even company strength 130 men let's say 100 men um, and they say okay we're gonna we need to get to the top of that hill right you could spend all day trying to get to the top of that hill and take a hundred casualties. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, you find out that there were 10 guys. Okay, because they they got the high ground, they're shooting downhill, sure. they're rolling grenades down, they don't even have to throw, they don't have to do anything. Just stay where they are and, and, and give bursts every now and then. You're a dead man, you, you, you have no cover, you can't hide. Right. If you were out of artillery range and we were a lot many many times we were out of artillery range more than we were in okay so if you are out of artillery range anything was it past 20 miles I think it was I think that's about right um sorry about that well the Air Force will take care of that right <laughs> you call for an airstrike 
and there's crap going on where they're already, um, the birds are already um, going to different operations, okay? <laughs> you take your turn. If they have the ordinance after they did whatever they were doing before. Being air mobile, did you have a complement of gunships with you or were your, were your transports fitted? No, all the, all the, the uh, we call them slicks. Slicks um, meant no weapons on it. Right? Well, just the two M60s. Okay. Um, those were mandatory. So you had two M60s um, and, and a gunner on each gun on the, on the 60s. And then you had us. So if you're coming into a hot LZ, let's say, they're firing the 60s, you know, like boom, sure. boom, boom, right? Not necessarily at anything, just into the into the bush, into the trees, whatever it is. Um, the guy sitting, um, the way you loaded a chopper, you had like four or five guys, I forget, across on the bench seat like. Okay. And then we had, I always took a bench, I always took a door seat with legs hanging out. Oh, yeah? I wanted to, you know, <laughs> we're coming into a hot LZ. If I got to jump from 15 feet, I will do that. Sure. Okay. I want to be added as bird. So, anyway, the guys sitting in the open doorways, again, two on each side. So, you, an M60, I had my M79 and door uh, M16, mm -hmm. and another guy with, a, with an M16. You know, it's, and especially like a 79 was cool because you come into it. If you're overhead and you're coming into heavy stuff, heavy foliage, you don't know where the shots are coming from. Yeah. You can't even see muzzle blasts. Okay, so yeah, yeah. you can, I think it sounds like it came from over there. Now, it sounds like it came from over there. You take your, your weapon and go bang, 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 bang. Your odds are a million to one that you, you shot anything. Okay, with me, when I put a round out there, anything within 15 feet of where that round hit is dead. You know, anything within yeah. 20 feet is wounded, dead or wounded. So you put a couple of rounds out there from with a 79, and that hot LZ all of a sudden becomes cool. Not cold, but cool. <laughs> sure. Did you fast rope? Did you? Yeah. Only twice. Oh, really? Only twice did we have to. Right. Was that going into the, yes. the canopy? Yeah. God, that triple canopy, I can't imagine. Well, that's why they used dioxin on. Uh, on the foliage, the foliage yeah. yeah, the agent orange, <laughs> and us, yes, <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, it'll it'll defoliate all the the foliage, and yeah. it'll also poison the water and uh, any and any humans that come in contact with it. But it's, it's all right. Do it. <laughs> you said, uh, I know you did a lot in Coochie, but you never really were in a base camp. Well, right. Coochie was our base camp. That's where our base camp was. Oh, okay. Um, but you never spent much time in a base camp. The problem, yeah, exactly. My time in, in, in the NAM, which was when they were doing the build-up, when Johnson was doing that build-up. Right. Now, you got there in 66? 66, 67 is my tour. Okay. Um, so it was either March or April. Of '66 is when they got yeah, there. Yeah, and that was the the build up the build towards up. the half a million or yeah. whatever they eventually got to. So, so here's the base camp, and after we dug out, 
we, we built we had to build our own um, bunkers and, and so on um, and it's funny we're all loading sandbags and building bunkers and bitching about it yeah. you know 120 degrees heat and, you know humidity 100% that swamp I told you about smelling like you couldn't oh, breathe that's right okay um, and every now and then you pss, pss, pss. And we stopped like, what the hell is that? You know, thought maybe it was mosquitoes or something. We didn't know. (laughs) And one of the NCOs who was a Korean vet, he says, you idiots, you're being shot at. (laughs) He says, you shit me? He says, yeah, don't worry about it. He said, it's so far away, you know, that all you're hearing is like, it was done without any accuracy. I mean, you couldn't hear the gun. You couldn't hear a weapon go off. That's how far away. That's how far away it was. So they're just right at the end of their... Yeah, they're just... (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. 45 days without a shower? Was the longest. (laughs) Was the longest. A shower, clean clothes. Um, Sometimes you ran out of water. How'd you keep your how how how'd you, how'd you keep your feet from dry rotting? And your feet were always wet. Yeah. You never you didn't even dare take your boots off when you were out there. Really? You never knew when you had to put them back on. And then you had snakes and uh, centipedes and everything out there was poisonous. You said that that swamp that you had to wade through. Mm-hmm. You would come out with leeches. Oh, wholesale. <laughs> That's that fast. That's that's what you just had amazing. to enter. That swamp was probably from from this railing to my TV. Oh jeez. Okay. Twenty feet, thirty feet, maybe. Thick is. I mean, you could cut the swamp with a knife. It's so disgusting. It like rotting jungle and feces, and you put it all together, and it was just a sewer pit. And you went from this side to that side. And you came in, you had leeches all over you. God, and I can't believe that. Everybody fast. had, you know, you took your shirt off and the guy behind you was pulling them off your back and you're pulling the guy in front of you. Did you re- did you maintain anybody you knew f- all the way from basic through Alaska all the way to Vietnam? Mm-hmm. Did you have some good friends that were? Yeah. What'd you guys do to make each other laugh? Or did you just laugh? You laughed every day at whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was on the way over. Do you have any pranksters that you knew? Any what? Pranksters? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There? Oh, yeah. Big I time. mean, you're Brooklyn boys, right? Or New York guys, right? New York, largely, you know. Yes. Um, but on the way over, I remember the closer we got to the Nam, once we left Hawaii, the closer we got to the Nam, I'm looking out into the ocean and saying to myself, I wonder if I'll ever laugh for the next year. Oh, and I wonder. I wonder if I'm going to live. I mean, you don't know what to expect. You don't know what's happening. That downtime's got to drive you crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so, once you get there, and you're like you're scared when you first get there, you know, we called it shaky. Everybody's shaky. Um, so after you're there a couple of days a week, whatever. Yeah. You feel like okay, so what? After you're there a month, it's like being home. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now so you know you start screwing with each other, or you know throwing a grenade, you know yell grenade, throw a grenade, 
out to a, a, a bunch of guys. Yeah. And and you see, you know, everybody, oh, shit, you know, everybody running which ways. <laughs> Used to carry C4. And um, I always carried a block. Yeah. But not for explosives. I used to cook with it. Really? No sterno available. You just take what, it. No, no, it? We used to have, all we had were um, uh, sea rats. We didn't have any uh, MREs. Right, right. So we had nothing but a can of crap. It just steady burn? Mm-mm. Well, it was a fast, hot, really hot burn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, you could take your canteen cup. Fill it half with water and to make coffee or coke or whatever. Yeah. Take off a little ball of C4, you know, roll it up in your hand, light it up. And by the time it went out, that that was hot. And we had a couple of guys um, that had had it. You know, they couldn't go on, didn't want to go on. Sure. And used to take, two guys did this. One guy shot himself in the foot, but... Two guys took blasting caps from uh, Claymore's. Yeah. Held it in the hand. Hit him. Lost some fingers. But just to get out of there. To get out. But, you know, they were sent to back to uh, to do bad time. You know, military um, encampment. Prison. Um, for I don't know how long. Um, and then they were discharged with a dishonorable. So really? it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't, oh. you're not just getting out. Yeah, you're getting out, but you're... You're going to jail first. You're screwed. There, There's that scene in Platoon where he's examining that guy's feet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, yeah, yeah. next time I catch you putting bug juice on your feet, mm-hmm. would that make it so you couldn't walk? Yeah. Really? Yeah, make your, it would... Just imagine your foot in, in uh, um, a pail of water for a couple of days. Yeah. You take your foot out and it's all... You know, the bottom of your foot is all, like, white and all lines, and, sure. you know, shrivel. Sure. That's what bug juice would do to your feet. Oh, it would? Yeah. I guess those guys think of, think of all the things, <laughs> right? So you carried an M79, 45, and an M16? And a 16. Did you qualify with a 14 at, at basic? Basic was, basic and AIT were M14s and the M14A2s, which were the autos oh okay and so we were given when we were given those to test we trained on them and that's my qualification um in basic nait we're on the 14s then when we were going to nam when they told us sorry you guys are going over the big pond um they issued us the m16s and then i was given an m uh i was given the grenade launcher so they gave you the M16 in Hawaii. Yeah. First time you ever seen. Yeah, we had to train on them and qualify with them, yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, that's the first time we ever saw them. Was in Hawaii. Did you shoot expert at basic? M14 and yeah. M14. Yeah. I'm gonna brag. Yeah. With the M14, um, I came in second. Second or third. In my battalion. Wow. I thought um, you were going to say company, but you said battalion. No, battalion. And with the M60 machine gun, yeah, I tied for a second with really? somebody. That's not and an that's, easy... I know that's not an easy qualification. Here's a bullet. <coughs> yeah, I'm glad you asked. 
Here's a bullet. Took me two shots. This is the first shot. You see that little nick? Yeah. That's the first shot. Now I adjusted my sights. That's the second shot. Ah. That's with a seven millimeter magnum. Now we're looking at a quarter. Mm -hmm. And you can see a little half moon out of it for the first shot. And then a nice solid hole where you adjusted onto that thing. And they let you get... How, how did you put that out there to shoot at it and they let you keep it? That's great. Scotch tape, baby. <laughs> <laughs> One of, scotch tape's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah, M60 call is not easy. And and the way... Like, whenever you watch any of these movies on TV... Guys with the machine guns, they're laying down, you know, and they're in a prone, and, and the gun, and the barrel is always tilted up slightly. You ever notice that? Well, do you know what that little slight tilt, even if it's a one degree tilt? Sure. Okay? Out at 100 yards, do you know what that is? That's good. You be might good. as well be shooting the airplanes. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So, I, when I used to, like, try and train people, in the NAM, I, I had to give, I don't know if I told you that, in the NAM, I had to give courses on uh, tunnel, um, Tunnel search. Oh, you did? Tunnel, yeah. Because I, I, I told you it was a rat for I, three months. I was going to go into that, yeah. Okay, yes. So, so any new guys coming in, I had to give them a talk on searching tunnels. What to look for, how to do it, blah, 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 blah. When you should go in, when you shouldn't go in. Um, and any of the guys with machine guns. I used to tell them, look, this is how I qualified with the gun. I don't know what your qualification is. But respect my stripes, I'm telling you, yeah. okay, when you're using that gun, <clears throat> this is how I want you to shoot. Not this way. All right, because they, they got the, the butt is down on the ground, okay, and then they got their face on a stock looking through a sight, um, and instead of the gun, the yeah, butt being elevated slightly, right. they got it down on the ground, and they're, they're shooting. So if you... if in the jungle, you could be shooting at uh, 20, 30 feet. Right. Okay, and that's the enemy is that close, even closer sometimes. So at that, even at that rate, maybe you're shooting head high. But he's not standing up. He's in a freaking hole, a tunnel, a trench, yeah. or he's da laying down flat. Yeah. What are you shooting? You're making a lot of noise and you think you're doing something. You didn't do shit. Right. Waste a lot of ammunition and there's no blood trails. So, you go going back into that. Coochie had that huge. We know now had that huge tunnel complex underneath. Tunnels of Coochie. Read the book. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, and you volunteered to be a tunnel rat. Um, actually, no. Were you voluntold? To I was. Yeah, I was voluntold the first time. Hey, go in there and see what's in there. Okay, I'm. You know. Stupid jerk. Uh, maybe I'll come out with a sword or a, hand, a gun, you know, whatever. Okay. Memorabilia. <laughs> um, and I went in and went as far as I was going to go and came out. No, it's, I didn't see anything up to this point. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then I start coming up on holes. Hey, Wanya, oh, hey, Wanya. I'm running here, running over here. Whoa, whoa, guys. Got other people. So I did this. Well, I was all of a hundred and was a hundred and hundred and thirty-four pounds yeah. when I was there. Yeah. So, and there were a hundred pounds. So I just like fit, you know, tight fit. But I managed to get into the holes. That's why they called on me. Yeah. 
No little bit of claustrophobia or nothing going through that sucker? Um, not really. Um, no. Yeah. I wouldn't do it now. Yeah. <laughs> now I've had MRIs done, you know, laying down and... Sure. And, yeah. and I tell them, you know, I used to do this like in the... In Vietnam, I was a tunnel rat for a while. I'm I'm not happy about being in this tunnel. Yeah, and they would they told me, well, you know, you get a little anxious, just tap out. Yeah, okay, they always say that. Yeah, well, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what did you do that for? A couple months, enough to where you could teach other people to do. Oh yeah, I mean, I did teach other people. Yeah, yeah, and my the first thing I would after the class, I would. Go like this, make sure, like, a company commander or somebody wasn't standing around. Yeah. And tell them, best bet, don't go in. Right, sure. Take smoke or a grenade, throw it in the hole. And if you throw smoke in, because there were multiple entrances and exits to one tunnel. Would it waft enough oh, to yeah. you see the other? Yeah. Huh. And I say, now, you know, just take a look. Oh, look at that. 50 yards down, you know, throw purple smoke in or whatever. Yeah. 50 yards down the road there, you know. Yeah. You ever been uh, in New York? Sure. You ever been in a subway system? Uh, briefly, yeah. <clears throat> okay, yeah. well, they, they said the tunnel system in the NAM was the equivalent of a New York City subway system. Oh, God. Wasn't, didn't they have portions of Ho Chi Minh Trail that were underground and big enough sure. for trucks? Yeah. They had hospitals underground, um, R&R centers underground. I suppose when you get a rifle in your back told to dig, you can do wonders. <laughs> well, they put everybody to work. Yeah. yeah. Kids, women. Yeah. You know, whatever. Every, everybody everybody was part of the war effort. Well, when that country has known war for as long as it has. They started digging when the Chinese were there, then the Japanese, yeah. then the French. That's right. And then the Americans. Duh. You... Went over your your tours were twelve months, right? Mm-hmm. A documentary was talking about thirteen months. Tours. Marines, oh, Marines were thirteen months. Yeah. Why? Why were the Marines thirteen months? Know. Because they had to be different from the Army. They had to be one up. Oh, so that so, so the generals can do the uh, arm so flexing. Any right? of the Marines and any of the groups that I belonged to back east, yeah, you know, social clubs and so on. Yeah, you know, we had members of every. Would they brag about that? Oh, we did. No, 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 I was a Marine. <clears throat> and you were a Marine? Oh, you never wore around any shoe leather than Nam, did you? Because they used to stay in the freaking base camps. I said, you know, you saw two women out there rubbing two sticks together. Yeah, here we come. Yeah, mobile. Come and check it out. <laughs> Good, I hope. I can go on forever with that shit. <laughs> Good, I hope, uh, I hope I can find a Marine to interview here and he can, he can counter you back. So They had it rough, especially in Way City. Yeah, Way City was, was... They had it rough. I'm not saying they had it easy. Well, they retook that son of a bitch. So yes. Good on them. Yeah. You know? They had it tough. Uh, well, all y'all did. Shows Nobody all, had it easy. Nobody. Nobody had it easy. Because That's a good, even way. a cook who came out, if, if we were out in a, in a forward area... And they said, okay, you've been here five days without any real food, so we're going to give you hot chow today. So they come out with the, the canisters, you know, hot chow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you get the snipers open up, or you get hit, they hit your wire, or, or mortared, or whatever. Cooks are out there. Yeah. Cooks died. 
So who had it easy? Nobody had it easy. That's why I tell everybody, I don't care what your your MOS was. It's irrelevant to me. You were in you were You wore a uniform. You were boots on the ground, whether peacetime or, or not. Uh, what was it, Fort Hood, where all those guys got killed? Yes. Okay? It's impossible. It's impossible to win a war like that because it's a war of attrition. And if you have 20 guys and they got 30, they win. When in your tour did you start feeling short? Or did you allow yourself to start feeling short? I know it's kind of like a feeling you don't want to think about, right? Because the more you when think I about had, it, the more anxious you're going to get. When I had like 60 days left, okay, I started to make my short-timer stick. Then what's the, what's the short-timer stick? I never heard of the short-timer <laughs> stick. Really? Right? Okay. So were you just counting the days off? Yeah, and you, we would take a stick, um, will it out, you know, make uh-huh. a... Like that. Okay, like a okay. walking stick. Like a walking stick. Yeah. And you had notches on it for days. So mine had 60 Yeah. for days. Every day that went by, and I, at the end of that day I was alive, take my K-bar and hack off that day. Okay. So a short timer stick kept getting shorter. Oh, I see. Until you got nothing left. But you got down to what, 11 or 30 days out? Yeah. And that was the ambush on the ambush, right? So you were saying that you, you they, what were they running in the, in the sand pans, right? Was it um, the NBA? They were NBA and Kong. Okay. Um, but they were running uh, munitions and food. Um, That's what they were running in the in sand In the sand pans. pans. Okay. And so they got word. And probably from, from one of the South Vietnamese soldiers, the Yarvins. We hated them. The only ones we half respected were the ones in the Tiger fatigues. Because they were they were supposed special forces. Oh, okay. So if we were told that we had to go out with a contingent of, of Tigers, all right. So they were at least more competent, or at least willing to fight. Willing to fight and would fight. Yeah. They wouldn't run. Yeah. We wouldn't run. Sure. And I'm not just saying that about an American. And I don't know about the other wars because I wasn't there to witness it. I witnessed it. I do know that in World War One and in World War Two, hundreds of thousands of prisoners were taken on both ends. Sure. The good guys and the bad guys. Okay. Okay. And depending on whose side you were on, you you were a good guy or a bad guy. Um, in Vietnam, there were never any surrenders. Think about that for a second. You know you're going to be overrun. I mean, they're hitting your wire or they're hitting your position, okay? And 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 it could have been a hundred of them. For that matter, it could have been a million of them. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if it's you and five guys or ten guys or thirty guys, you know, and and you're getting hit with hundreds or thousands, mm-hmm. okay? You know it's not going to turn out well. But you didn't pick up your shit and run. You yeah. held your position. You were all brothers. You held your position and you fought. And that's where I will tip my hat off to any Vietnam veteran. Because he stood there and took the shit. Yeah. You may have crapped your pants. You didn't move. Yeah. And you didn't tell the guy next to you, you know, hey, I'm, 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 I'm scared, I'm scared. It was not like that at all. 
And I swear to God, I swear on, on Jesus. Yeah. We never picked up and ran. That's true. And never put our hands up. Hey, I'm out of ammo. Out of ammo? Use your knife. Yeah. You got a bayonet? Use it. You know what they're going to do to you when they get you, right? Yes. So they were running... Food, ammo. All through that same grenades. You guys found out about it. You were going to ambush them. They found out you were going to ambush them. They floated their empty boats back. Yeah, they didn't know where. Okay. Okay. They didn't know where so we were going to be. Yeah. So they're in a they're in a in a jungle, right off the bank. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're walking along with the sandpans. But we don't know they're there, of course. You know, they're hidden. Yeah. Um, and so it, it comes to this open area where we're going to hit them. Huh. And so, okay. And they, they opened, they hit us. Just as we were going to open up on them, they got us. No, they okay. opened up on us. Wow. Yeah. Clever. They were smart people. And they knew their own backyard. You, you know, I mean, what chance, to, if, yeah. if, if your house is all booby-trapped, what chance do I have to come to your house and try to take you out? Not, not, a, not, not, a, not a great not chance. Not a great chance. <laughs> okay, and that's how it was for us. Yeah. We were always in their backyard. Yeah. So you're in this firefight. Your back is up against a tree, right? Actually, my side. Oh, your, side, your left side. My left, up, yeah. Leaned up against a tree, firing your M79. Yep, firing a 79 at that point, trying to sink these, these boats, these sandpans. Yeah. Um, and then some of them came out of the wood line and, you know, guys with the RPGs and such to get clear shots, um, opened up with machine gun fire and a whole bit, a whole battle baloney. And, um, when the one that got me, again, my side was to the tree. Um, if I had been in front of that tree, it would have gotten my whole left side right. from head to toe. But the tree took the hit. And it was just out of kill range for me. Unless it had hit me in the head somewhere, yeah, um, I, I would have survived more of the blast. But the tree took the blast yeah. for me. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was only a few minutes after that everything stopped for a while. And that's when I put my back to the tree. The firing stopped for a while. Yeah. Okay. And I just kind of, I just slid down the tree. Yeah. And took my my canteen, oh my head, the wound, a, a drink. Um, <clears throat> two medics came to me because the guys to my left, and there were three of them. There were three of them that that were killed. From that RPG. From the RPG round. Wow. And um, so, I mean, they were, you can see they were dead, obviously. Yeah. So they didn't spend time there. They just took a tag. And <clears> then <throat> they came over to me and, you know, started working on me. You initially thought you may have pinched your hand in that. With the sights. Right? Yeah. Yeah. With the, with the, the way the, the sights were squared at a sights, right? um, an iron base. Uh-huh. Okay. Wrapped around the barrel. And it was, it was like this. The barrel goes through this pack, right? Yeah. But this is what, how it looked. So when you held it, this is what would uh, always happen to you. Yeah. So I thought, you know, well, here we go. 
So I didn't realize it. And you never realize it unless you got like a really, unless you really got hit. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize it. Um, so I'm loading be, this between my second and third round. So break it open, pull around out, throw another one in, close it up. And I look down. And the first thing I see is blood come out of little holes. <laughs> I, I laugh yeah, because it reminds me of a garden hose. I tell you. Yeah, like, right. You know. <clears throat> but I look down at my hand. And I'm looking at this gaping hole and bone, uh, and I'm not seeing any blood. Huh. And as soon as it dawned on me that I had been hit, yeah. Oh, then it started. Yeah, I mean it was, it was just it was unbelievable just for you to notice. I, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. I have no understanding of that. Wow. No understanding of that at all. But then once you realize it, it was like, okay, I can bleed now. And bleed and, and, it did. Huh? And it did. And that's when, you know, like I slid myself down the tree and I'm saying to myself, like, don't go into shock. You know, you're not hurt bad. Um, there a lot of guys will get like, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you, when you see it's your own blood, you know. <clears throat> so I'm, I'm trying to like tell myself this. You know, it's a scratch. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that... So they, they got you. They got you out of there. Uh, where'd they take it? 25th Med Battalion. Just um, back. Back, kilometers back to our base camp. Yeah. Um, and from there, they flew me uh, down to um, Saigon. Okay. Um, to, the, to the big hospital down there. And they operated on me there. Didn't um, get the shrapnel out right away, right? They, they, they got the shrapnel out of a pier. And the piece that was in my back, but they couldn't get the one out of my hand out, and so they had to let it heal. Yeah, and I had to go back a month later, oh. and that's the only reason I got um, CQ, is because I couldn't hold another. I couldn't hold a weapon. Yeah, you were one-handed at that right. point. Right. Mm-hmm. Play any ping pong when you were back there recovering? Isn't that what they always say? You all do go back and play ping. We pong? We didn't have ping pong. We oh. didn't have shit. Really? We had nothing. Huh. An EM club and an officer's club. They had an officer's club first. That was toward the end of my tour. And still had no EM club. But you still weren't old enough to drink? No. <laughs> but in the NAM, it didn't matter. Okay. Okay. Um, back here in the States, you had to be 18. Yeah, right. To vote in 18, um, 18 to drink. No, no. You had to be 21. 21 I'm sorry. Vote, right? You had to be 21 to drink and 21 to vote. Yeah. Or Yeah. 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 Because when I came back, a friend of mine, Phil Ferrara, was still there in country. His, his uh, family owned Ferrara Pastries, um, real famous in the New York area. Okay. So me and another one of the vets uh, went to see his family. You know, hey, Phil's doing all right and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and Phil's brother said, come on, I want to buy you a drink over here. You know, the local. Yeah. I, I looked at him. I said, sorry, I... I can't drink. I'm too young. When did you get out? 67? Mm-hmm. Had you turned 21 yet? No. So your whole time from signing up at 17? I, I was 20 years old when I got out. And you did After your whole three gigs, years. All before 21. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was... Um, Unbelievable. Golly. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's amazing. So then when you finally got out of there, where'd they fly you to? Travis? Was it Travis Air Force Base? Oakland Air Force Base. Oh, okay. All right. And I had to make my way. They gave me a travel pay from Oakland right. to Monterey. And that was so it. like 30 or $40 in bus fare. You want to get back home, right? And I had to come all the way across country back to New York. Now, was that after you PCS'd? No. Oh, was that just I still were... had 30 okay. days to go. I mean, okay. I'm sorry. I still had six months to go. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. But you did make it back to see see your parents? Yeah, I did. What was, uh, what was the story about your mom and the liquor in the oven? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how you got around to that. When I first got home, I didn't let anybody know I was coming. They, they figured I, I was going to be like a month later. You just took the bus cross country? Or you flew? I flew. Okay. I managed to get enough money from, I went standby. Yeah. Managed to get a oh, couple of right. bucks from right. you know, my friend. Hey, you got five bucks, five bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I, I got my money. Um, but when I first came home, I told my family, Please do not let anybody know I'm home. I need time to adjust. They didn't understand that. So the first night I'm home, now I don't have civvies. I'm in my uniform. Oh. Okay. And it's, it was a snowstorm. It was April 15th when I got home because there was a freak snowstorm in New York. Yeah. Don't let anybody know I'm here, mom, dad, nobody, brother, sister. I'm, I just need time. Yeah. So they go, tell my neighbor, who told the other neighbor, told my aunt across the street. Well, you know it, in my house, I got like, you know, four couples. All, re- all related, uncles, aunts, you know, that kind of crap. And I had excused myself from the room that they were in, the living room, and went into the kitchen. I sat at the kitchen table by myself. Yeah. You know, I just, I didn't want any part of them or... I didn't want any part of anything right then. So somebody called me in, I don't know who, hear my name, come in, come in here. So I go in and this guy named, his name was Pete, neighbor, looked at me and says, hey, did you ever kill any of them? Yeah, which is exactly what you didn't want to hear. And now I've had people ask me that. Yeah. Found out that I was in Vietnam. Yeah. Did you ever kill anybody? Did you, did you ever kill any women? I think I'm kidding. No, I had I, one guy ask me if I ever killed a pregnant woman because they counted as two. God. I'm more amazed uh, that somebody would ask that question. I and the, I caliber, out of that question. the caliber of the people that would ask me, one should have known better, and the rest were just morons. Yeah. You know, like those kind of people. Yeah. Well, maybe they got off on that kind of crap. I'm, I don't know. Maybe it was just curiosity or maybe to look at me and... Yeah. I, I don't know why. Huh. Um, so his wife, Sarah, sitting next to him, gives him this in the ribs. And I just turned around and went back into the kitchen. Yeah. So my old man, not a big drinker, you know, basically beer, but he had liquor in the house. So I sorted out, and for the first couple of days, my mom had made some grub for me, and I couldn't eat it. The food yeah. was too rich. Still. And so I'm starting to drink. So 
the second or third day I'm home, I guess she was concerned, you know. Yeah. So she hid the hid the liquor in the in the, in the oven. <laughs> and my old man the next morning had to get up and go to work, so he's going to get up and make his breakfast. I don't know what he was making in the oven, but toast or whatever. He turns on the oven, and after a few minutes, boom, boom. <laughs> He runs in there and the booze, it was vodka and something else said, maybe scotch <laughs> blew up in the freaking oven. Maybe it's on fire. <laughs> really? Got fire? My mother, you know, oh my God, I had the, the booze in there from hidden from your son. <laughs> I mean, they don't want that. I didn't have any money. I couldn't go out and buy any. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to Tell me the story right before you got out about how, about your AWOL <laughs> or not. Is that not a good story? It sounds like a great story. No, actually, I went AWOL in Hawaii. Oh, yeah? We had to be back on a ship. We had to, you know, we had to be back at Schofield. What, what period of time was this? Was this? This is before going to Nam. Oh, okay. So our general training is through. Tomorrow, we're going to um, Pearl to board the ships. Okay. So, me and two of my friends said, screw them, man. We'll come back. You know, we're going to party all freaking night. We'll be back for Reveille. <laughs> well, it took a head count that night. That night? And we, three of us were missing. Oh, no. <laughs> um... So here they are <clears throat> in Oahu, up and down the street in Jeeps, looking for us. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, and we're goodness. dodging them. We're hiding in behind oh, you could cars. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, what the hell are we going to do now, man? We yeah. get caught now. We're screwed. We got to try and make it back. Back up to Schofield? Or no, you, don't, we're, you guys were ready to board the ships, right? Um, <clears throat> they were ready to board the ship, not us. Yeah, but I mean, you, you weren't—you didn't have to make it back to Schofield. We well, we were—we were in cities. All our gear was in Schofield. Oh, so you did have to get back up there. So, <laughs> <laughs> finally, after about a couple of hours, we started getting nervous. Yeah. So, all right, let's just give ourselves up. Oh, okay. So, you know, one of the guys—I I still can't whistle to this day. And guys, whistles. <laughs> they pull in, and there's MPs um, and um, our platoon sergeant. All right, get in Jeep. So we stand in front of the old man. Yeah. And the old man looks at the three of us. He had no use for one of the guys. One of the guys, his father was a colonel oh. in the Army. Or Air Force, I'm sorry, in the Air Force. And he didn't like him. So he just ripped his stripes right off. Oh, sure. Uh, my friend Howard, Howie, um, he was uh, an E4. He, they busted him down to E3. Oh, and I was E5. Oh, okay. Busted me down to E4. Now I just made E5. Oh, jeez. Some of my uniforms didn't even have my stripes on. Well, that saved you some sewing, <laughs> I guess. So here I am, you're an E4 boy. And the reason I don't bust you down further, um, they liked me. 
and I was a good soldier. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I wanted a party. I was young. He knew it. I was young. <laughs> you know. I mean, he knew me better than I knew me, and he tolerated me. Yeah. Um. He says, "Leave your corporal." He says, "And you're gonna have to earn your stripes back." Yes, sir. So that one day, it cost me a stripe. And and uh, forget how much money they hit me for. Forget there was a fine involved too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that's when I. Okay. <laughs> but so I'm a I'm a corporal in Nam. When I'm starting to train people on, uh, you know, about the tunnels, giving you know classes about tunnels and the search, and and talking to the uh, kids in, with machine kids. I was 18. Talking to these guys about machine guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how we looked at it. Isn't that funny? So I got my stripes back. Yeah. But it, it took... It took you, did you took get them back while you were over there? Yeah. Oh, okay. They okay. didn't have a choice, really. You start running out of NCOs. Yeah. You know, and none of them were, were extending. They make you a squad leader? Yeah. So I was. I went from fire team leader yeah. when I got busted down uh, to a squad leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but then it also meant that I had to take out more patrols. Yeah. You know, which yeah. was really a pain in the ass because it was like every three, every, if you were out, out, out in a fire base, you still had to run patrols. Um, but back, when you're back in base camp, you're not running patrols. Somebody from your um, platoon is running a patrol every night. Yeah. And they went, originally went from 17 man patrols down to 11. Basically, two squads, and they thought that that was sufficient, but they wore us ragged. I mean, you humped all day. Now that now you have a night ambush patrol, so there's no rest. Oh, jeez. So now you got to go out there 100% alert. <sighs> now the company, you know where you are, the company is going to catch up with you that morning. Be okay. like bounding in front of them and that yeah. kind of thing. So now they you catch up to them, and what do you got to do? Now you got to hump with the company. Now, the Army only has to give you four hours of sleep right. a day. Right. And it can be in 10-minute increments. Right. It doesn't have to be continuous. That's correct. Yeah. And that's exactly how they did it to us. God. You kept, you stayed awake. Yeah. To this day, I don't sleep. I don't know if Susan tells you. That's my bed right there, that chair. Where were you at in San Francisco? Was that your last duty station? Uh, Monterey was. Fort Ord. That was my last duty station. Oh, that's beautiful, at least. Was there a bunch of you guys that all were ETSing at the same time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Within yeah. days. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's where I hooked up with a lot of California dudes, too. Yeah. Um, so I made a lot of friends there. I was going to move there when I got out of the service. So I'd made enough friends. I liked it. And it was, yeah. you know, the drug culture, which was something that was new to me. <laughs> I, and I was willing to try anything, you know. I mean, sure. I, I'm a kid. I don't know anything. You just turned 21. 20. Well, no, I, I turned 21 October. October 5th. So 17, 18, 19, 20. No, I got out when I was 20. Wow. Yeah, 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're prime for California, whatever it was. I wanted to play the hippy-dippy weatherman, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> It was an experience. I'm sorry in a lot of aspects that I went through it, especially because of my health. 
Sure. But I'm happy that I went through it for other reasons. Um, it woke me up to man's inhumanity to man, mm. to injustice, how we view foreign nations and peoples, how we're so arrogant. Um, it's just a matter of, I happen to be born here. You know, I could have been born in Africa. I could have been born in Nam. I was just lucky. I was born here. So yeah, I think everybody in this country has a silver spoon up their ass. Comparably, yeah. Comparably? Absolutely. The thing that will stick with me from talking with you uh, is how, one, is how you said that you and your friends came back clean. But not only did you come back clean, meaning you were, you were honorable in some very it's the one inhumane way, times. The one thing I will say about me and my friends, you know, that's nothing. That's all man-made bullshit. It's decoration for the lifers. I can look at myself in the mirror. That's right. And know who I am. That's and right. know what I did under certain circumstances. Whether I no they, longer have anything to prove to myself. Of course. Nor anybody else. Because you've, you've served your country. you volunteered your life to do it. You put... Uh, your life in jeopardy to, to live up to that ideal and I think that's you know there's nothing else like that well understand something now before you pin um, Medal of Honor on me I had to I had to do what they told me I had to go where they told me to go whether I believed in it or I didn't it was irrelevant I, understand. I had to go so that's another thing I'll tell people well you volunteered for NOM didn't you no I didn't volunteer for NOM you know, you think I'm, you know, my whole unit was volunteered for them. I got to go with them, you know. You volunteered for service to your country. That's your right. Your country decided that you went to That's them. correct. And that's debatable whether that was the right thing to do or not. Well, but on a personal level, you served that government with honor. Definitely. So I'm going to take a picture of your shadow box. I know what you think of it, but I, I think it's good to capture, uh, especially that belt buckle. That's the best thing you got in that box. Right there. <laughs> that and your citation. Well, <clears throat> my belt buckle and my CIB. Yeah. Those are the two best things in there. CIB tells you that I was in combat. Yes, it does. So I didn't bullshit. I didn't come back with a whole lot of stories where I'm not a wannabe. Right. So I don't walk around telling people, but if you ask me, I will tell you. Yeah, yeah. Joe, I appreciate it. It's been oh. a privilege to talk with you. My pleasure. As a last honor, I'd like to read from the second epistle to Timothy. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. For the rest, there is laid up for me a crown of justice, which the Lord, the last judge, will give to me in that day. Yet not to me only, but also to those who love his coming. To all of you out there, please keep Joe and his family in your prayers. Thank you for listening.